trust in you. In duty's path we will go on. We will walk in your strength with faith and hope. Your work shall be done. For no one can overcome except he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, as you speak through me. May we be edified through your word and by your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. I'd like to appreciate the Lord for the privilege to be standing before us today to share His Word. Today the topic is strength for faltering lights. Strength for faltering lights. Ihe. Sorry. Ike. Maka. Oko Nanganga. Okay? Praise the Lord. Now, this is not a very unfamiliar topic to us in Nigeria because we are very used to lights that falter. Sometimes we describe them by many names. Some people say half current, others say one quarter current, others say no, it is low current, some others say no, it is blickering. So many adjectives to qualify the current and the lights that we have in Nigeria. So it is not unfamiliar to us. Hallelujah. Now, but the word falter actually means to lose strength or momentum. In other words, the strength has been lost or the zeal, the speed at which 
it's been going, you've been going, has reduced. Praise the Lord. It reminds us, therefore, this topic, that God knows that there are those of us who are weak. Those of us, I mean, not many people in the society. I mean, amongst the body of Christ. There are those of us who are weak. And today, God is providing strength, as always, for those of us whose lights are faltering. The focus, therefore, is on God. God is the subject of this discussion. And the object is we, the weak. Hallelujah. Now, it is also for those who have been bruised, you know, like the reed, as we read in Matthew chapter 12. It's also for those whose lights are becoming very dim. It is indeed for all of us. But let's first of all remember that we became light by one mechanism, by one means. We became adopted as God's children by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We saw that in where we read our epistle, where we took our epistle from. So, let's try to use this analogy to bring it home. At the risk of sounding like an engineer. So, before light, the light that we see here comes to us and we begin to use it as light. There is actually a process. First of all is that the light has to be generated. No wonder we call the generator, generator. So the light has to be generated. It doesn't just come from nowhere. So, and you will find, if you ask those who know, they will tell you that in power generation, usually water is important. Water is essential in power generation. So you will hear sometimes in Nigeria when the light is, um, you know, not as it should be. They will say, well, the water level is low. Sometimes they say the water level is high. Hallelujah. So water is essential for energy generation. The same way that Jesus, accepting Jesus, is essential for light generation, for energy generation. And remember, Jesus is the living water. Go and ask the woman in John chapter 4, the woman of Samaria. He is the living water. So that's the source of the energy generation. And the next thing that happens after energy has been generated is that there has to be a step-up transformer. Because the energy that is generated may not be as optimal as is expected. So there has to be step-up. So we have step-up transformers. And so those step-up transformers are important because the voltage, the energy that has been generated will need to travel far. If you don't step it up, it will not travel far. It has to go to Kafanchan, it has to go to Kadun, it has to go to Lagos, it has to go to various other places. 
So it has to be stepped up. And how is it stepped up? This is where the Holy Spirit plays a very important role. The Holy Spirit helps to step up the transformer, the energy. No wonder you see that when people are born again newly, they have a lot of ginger once the Holy Spirit has come upon them. They are stepped up and they are ready to go. Hallelujah. And then the third thing that happens is that there has to be transmission lines through which the energy has to move. And what is this transmission line? It is the word of God. Remember scripture says, he sends forth his word and he did what? Heal them. The transmission lines. And then the fourth thing is distribution and step down. Remember the energy is so high. It has to be distributed and then it has to be stepped down. Stepping down does not mean losing the lightness of it. Permit me to use that word. It simply means knowing how to dish out the light as and that when due. No wonder Paul will say, I become like the Jews to win the Jews. I become like this to win that. That's the function of the Holy Spirit. So what can possibly make our light or the light to suddenly start presenting as low voltage or to begin to falter? The truth is that any problem within these lines, whether it is generation, whether it is transmission, whether it is um, step up, any problem along that line will actually affect the power that is being generated. Any problem. So once there is a disconnection, there is a problem. So if there is a disconnection of the word of God in our life, there is already a problem. We begin to shine, but we are no longer shining as we used to or as we ought to. When the network is also overloaded, ah, no wonder you will hear them say they are shedding the load. Today is our turn to have light. The next day is, is not our turn. So when the network is over, some of us as Christians, we overload the network with irrelevances, things that are not important. Everything, we want to be part of it. Whether we are discussing about Buhari, we want to be there. APC, we want to, be, we want to discuss about everything. So the network is overloaded. We don't have time to now focus on what is important, on the gospel of Christ and on the work that God has given to us. If the conductor is also small, there will also be a problem. So if the Holy Spirit is there, you see, very often in this chapel, we have Holy Ghost ministration services. It's not for any reason, but that we may be charged up again, that we may receive again. Because sometimes the conducting, the conductor energy begins to go low. So the Holy Spirit comes and steps it up again. Praise the Lord. Sometimes too, it is persecutions. We are becoming very familiar with this in Nigeria. Persecutions. And so because persecutions come, 
we begin to find it hard to shine as we ought to. Our light begins to falter. Some time ago, after the attack in, at the church in Owo, someone, I mean, I read someone's post. He said, thank God I was not in church that day. And so I began to wonder, even if you are thanking God in your heart that you are alive, so you are now coming out to say, thank God you are not in church. Is that what we have degenerated to as Christians? Let Stephen not hear that too. Let the Apostle Stephen not hear that. Otherwise he will be heartbroken. Praise the Lord. Some of us too, it is fear. It is fear. In our offices, we are just afraid. They will now say that, Mama um, Nehemeka, I too they do. So it is fear that prevents us sometimes from shining as we ought to. Praise the Lord. As light of the world, you can imagine what will happen or what is happening when the light is faltering. So if you're in your house and you suddenly realize that the light is, you know, you can't depend on such a light. It's, it's difficult to depend on it. It's difficult. The light is there quite all right. But it's difficult to depend on it. It needs strength. It needs to be stepped up. It needs to be stabilized. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ saw this very well in Matthew chapter 9 when scripture says he saw the multitudes, plural, that they were moving like sheep without shepherd. They were weary. They were tired. No guidance. That's exactly what happens when the lights begin to falter. But I want to quickly make it, make it clear that it is not as though Jesus is not condemning people whose lights are faltering. But he wants them to realize that the light that is faltering has a solution. And that he is the solution. I, is your light faltering? Or you as light, are you faltering? God has not given up on you. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we read about the seven churches in Asia. And if we look very carefully, we will realize that those churches, Scripture says that they represent the lampstands. Those churches were the lampstands on which the people should stand and shine. Now, five of those churches had shortcomings, serious shortcomings. But if you read that particular uh, um, chapter very well, chapters 2 and 3, you will realize that even for those five churches, the Bible will still say, But he who overcomes, I will give the crown. I will do this. I will do that. Despite the fact that they were already faltering, God never gives up on anybody. He will not give up on us. He will not give up on you. In the name of Jesus. Now, The Laodicean church was one church that, if you look at it very well, it, it, there was no, it had no good side, really. Nothing was said about it that was good. He said, you are, 
neither hot nor cold. I will therefore spit you out from my mouth. But even for that church, <laughs> scripture also says, to him who overcomes. To him who overcomes. How much more those who are bruised in the course of shining for the Lord. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, where we took the gospel. Matthew chapter 12. If you find it, please read. Someone should read from verses 19 to 21. From verse 19 to 21, anybody? Matthew chapter 12, from verse 19. He shall not strive, nor cry. Neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. Hallelujah. So in the course of doing his ministry, if you read before this particular um, place, the verses before, you realize that Jesus had already gone about healing as usual. You know, the Pharisees were also there criticizing. You know, so Jesus began to quote Isaiah 42. And he says that the, broken, the bruised reed he will not break. And the smoking flax he will not quench. Until what? He brings justice. The Lord will bring justice into your life and in my own too, in the name of Jesus. Now, let's just look at this a little. If you actually look at the Message Bible, the Message Bible captions this particular passage of Scripture in Isaiah 42. It captions it as God's servant who sets everything right. That's the way it captions it before it begins to present the verses. Now, this metaphor, the two of them, a, broken, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Let's just look at it very briefly. What is a reed? A reed is actually a plant. But it is not an ordinary plant. Well, it is ordinary, so to speak, because it is found in the bush. Anyhow, you don't find it in the garden. You know, we don't eat it, but it is very important. And there are some characteristics that it has that we want to bring out today. First of all, it is a very slim plant. It is not just slim, it is also tall. It is used to make mats, baskets, uh, roofs, and it has a cushion-like effect. If you look at Exodus, you find that when Moses' mother had made the basket, she placed it on top of the reed. So it has a soothing effect. Now this reed is easily or can be easily bruised and brushed aside by the wind. Remember, it is slim, it is tall. It is not also, it is not only easily brushed aside by the wind, it is also easy for it to be brushed aside by animals, by human beings, by family, by society, even by brethren. Praise the Lord. But not by the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus says, I will not break it. Ordinarily, when it is bruised, it is really supposed to be good for nothing. But Jesus says, I will not throw it away. I will not break it. 
it still has a use. Jesus knows about the existence of the reed. He knows about our existence. Even in the trials and challenges that we are going through. In the course of doing God's work. He knows. He sees it. He saw Stephen. He saw Joseph. He saw Peter. He saw John. So he sees us. He sees every persecution. From whatever angle they come, he sees it. So, na to kwase ya obi mogo na no odo. The battle may take long, but eka wo yemeri chuku galo. the Lord that I can sing once again. For four months in this year, I couldn't sing. Because I had this terrible sore throat that lasted for four months and I was worried. You know, doctors are often worried when they become ill. And so a lot of diagnosis went through my mind. Even when we were having rehearsals for men's, for Father's, uh, Father's Day, I couldn't sing. I don't know how many men even noticed. I just couldn't sing. But you know, there is one song that God gave to me. The Holy Spirit gave it to me. At any time I have any health challenge, once I sing that song, it will go. By the way, I went to see ENT surgeons and they said, hmm, sorry, you are likely going to live with this forever. I said, I don't understand. How can this thing? They said, sorry, these drugs we're giving you may not really help you. Uh, I said, okay, what is the diagnosis? He said, okay, it is a gastroesophageal reflux. I said, serious? So I'm going to live with it forever. With this pain? I said, sorry, we, that's, this drug will just... I said, okay. So one day I remembered that song. And I began to sing it. That song is... And I didn't know that the Holy Spirit is also very particular about tunes. Ordinarily, I used to sing that song as... Once I'm singing it, I just stretch out my hand like this. And I feel God holding me. Jesus Moreau. 
my own headache. I said, if God does not want me to sing again, so be it. So be it. But the moment I remembered this song and I sang it, in two days, the pain vanished. And it has remained like that. Strength for lies that are faltering. Now, there is also something else about the reed that we need to take note of. That is that the reed has many roots. It has many roots. It is therefore well-rooted. Can somebody just read for us Colossians chapter 2? Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Okay, let me read. So then, just as you received Christ as Lord... Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So the reed is well rooted. The problem that some of us have when the wind comes, when the challenges of light comes, is that we are not properly rooted. And so, the reed can easily bend when the wind comes. You push it aside, it bends. But it always does what? It always recovers. You will recover in the name of Jesus. When Jesus was interpreting the parable of the sower, there's something that he said that is very interesting. He said that the seed that fell on the stony soil withered away when the sun came because... He has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. Now, another important point about the reed that we need to take note of is the fact that it grows by the water. It grows by the water. And what is water? It is from the water that it gets its nutrients. It's from the water that it gets everything that is able to make it stand and withstand the scorching sun. And what is that water? Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the living water. Ask, again I say, the woman of Samaria and she will tell you. If you read Job chapter 11 to 13, you will see where Job was saying, the reed cannot flourish without water. He was, he was referring to himself as the reed. The reed cannot flourish except there is water. Now, in the second part of that particular scripture, Matthew chapter 12 or Isaiah 42, he says in verse 3, a smoking flax he will not quench. Now, what is a smoking flax? Those of us who went to the boarding school, it may be easier for us to understand this. If you ever used the lantern, I, I used the lantern a lot, so if you ever used it, you will know that sometimes you find that your lantern, the, the, the light is not really very bright, it's not shining well. There's light on it, but it is smoking. There's light on it, but it is smoking. And it can affect your eyes, your reading, but, oh, I don't understand this. Your eyes, your nose, everything, it is smoking. Ordinarily, what you should do is to put it off 
and go and stay with somebody else whose lantern is good. But Jesus says, no, I will not put it off. I will not. If you have any smoke at all in you, remember that there is no smoke without fire. When I was much younger, I asked my father one day, if they say that there is no smoke without fire, I see the exhaust smoke, where is the fire? And he laughed at me and said, look, because he was an automobile person, he said, look, that within that exhaust that you are seeing, there is so much fire in it. People of God, within us, within us, within us, we may be smoking now, there is so much fire. David says, even though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. David recognizes that it is just a transient time. I am just walking through the valley of the shadow. There is yet a destination where I'm going to. I will fear no evil. He says, for thou art what? With me. So God knows that we have little strength. He knows that our strength is not as much. He knows. Some of us sometimes, we begin to pretend to God. No. He knows that we are not strong. He knows. There's one song, one hymn I like, even though it is sung mostly at burials, but I like it a lot. Please, Revelations chapter 3, verses 8 to 11. Revelations 3, 8 to 11. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not. But do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Then. Thank you very much. So he says, I know that you have what? Little strength. But you have not denied the word. But you have been faithful. I know that you have little strength. So, Little strength, people of God, is not equivalent to unfaithfulness. It's not really, it's not equivalent to unfaithfulness. Not at all. And little strength does not mean that you, you will not make it. God says to the church in Philadelphia, you have little strength, but you have not denied the word. Do you have little strength? 
have you not denied the word? Or do you have so much strength, but you are not faithful? So, is your strength failing? Is the light that you shine faltering? We must go back to the source. We must go back to Jesus and do what? And remain there. Do you remember, people of God, the five foolish virgins? Do you remember that story? What really happened to those five foolish virgins? What happened? What was the problem? Why was the door shut against them? Let's just read that and then we'll begin to round off. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, 5 to 12. Can somebody read it, please? Matthew 25, 5 to 12. Yes, sir. 5 to 12. The bridegroom was long time in coming, and all became drowsy and fell asleep. All became what? Drowsy. Both the wise and the foolish. Go on. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Seven. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamp. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Nine. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy... So they did what? They went. Okay? So they went. They had oil. I don't even know who told them that the oil would not be sufficient. Well, they don't know when the master is coming. I'm not saying... I mean, it's good to have sufficient oil to be prepared very well. But they left. They went. And if they had gone and come back before the master came, no problem. But they left. And the truth is that we don't really know when the master is coming. For you to say, no, I am smoking. I'm a smoking flax. I am weak. Let me go and get strength first before I come back. When you are coming back, it may be late. Please read on, sir. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. Aye. The virgins who were already went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. Twelve. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Hallelujah. Therefore, they kept the Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you the truth. I do not know you. These five foolish virgins have labored. And the same fate that befell them, befell the wise ones too. Both of them, they fell asleep. They were tired, they fell asleep. But the wise ones, yes, they were prepared. So they were prepared, they stayed. These ones were not as prepared. But it was not in their preparation that was the problem. It was in the fact that they, they left. Are you preparing to leave? Because brother A has hurt you. Because one of the chaplains have said something to you. Are you preparing to leave? Jesus asked his disciples in John chapter 6, he said, are you also going to leave? And they said to him, Master, if we leave you, where then shall we go? Let us pray. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my 
If you have not come to him, how would you withstand the persecutions of this day? How will you stand against the trials and temptations of this season? How will you withstand the challenges that have beset us? Come to the Savior this morning. Come to the Savior this morning. Tell him, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. Every minute I need you. Every second I need you. You want to give your life to him. You want to confess to him that you need him. You are not yet born again. You have not believed in the Son of, in the Son of God whom God himself sent to save us. Can we just see your hand? So that the church will pray with you. Can we see your hand? You want to give your life to Jesus. Can we see your hand? We will pray with you. I need the all I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, I see you. I come to thee. Or perhaps your light has been faltering you've been wondering why it is because you need the Lord it is because you need the master you need strength from him you need a refilling of the spirit of God can you begin to talk to God now confess to him that in truth that you have need for him the scripture says that on our own we are able to do nothing talk to the Lord In the name of Jesus, our Father and our God, indeed, we confess that we need you. We need you. We may have been bruised, O oh Lord, but thank you because you will not break us. Thank you because you yet have a need for us. We may have been smoking, Lord, but thank you because you will not quench us. Thank you for the strength that you have given unto us this morning. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your edification. Thank you, Father, because we will stand firm in the path of doing our duty, in the path of carrying out the assignments you have laid in our hands to your praise and to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.